episode 42. Welcome to episode 42 of the Yeah You Red podcast. This is Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And on our right, we have... Where is Matt? Sir Cheerio cannot join us tonight. He is on a family sojourn uh, to somewhere in Florida. Uh, I heard he might have been uh, riding his road bike on some gravel roads. Um, but uh, he's not with us here tonight, and we're going to just have to try and uh, make do. Yeah, although we've got him on a little bit of a Facebook chat right now, so we can go that route if we want to. Yeah, we could. We could. Uh, right now, he's telling us how to record this podcast. Yeah, Matt, how do we record the podcast? How do we get uh, separate tracks? Oh, he can't hear us right now, actually. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do this on uh, just the two of us. Uh, two weeks in a row. There's only been two of us. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll all be together again. Maybe, although there's a chance that I might not be here next week. So, well, damn. That would actually round things out quite nicely because it was me and Matt last week, now me and you this week, uh, and then next week, if it's you and Matt, that would square the circle, so to speak. So, Bodie, you been on any good rides lately? <clears throat> I have, actually, yeah. Uh, I did a pretty good club ride on Saturday. Uh, actually, we had uh, a good friend of ours, Rusty, who crashed. Um, but besides that, it was a really solid ride i, yeah, I was gonna say that i'm hoping that's not the good part of the ride that you're mentioning <laughs> no that was not the good part of the ride um it was a beautiful day to ride we had a good group we went out to irish bayou again uh super fun it's nice to change things up a bit it's a little more of a scenic route actually um there's a store at the end where you can uh, get a coke and uh, refill your water bottles which we don't have anymore out of the yellow store and there was quite a tailwind going out and then coming back on Highway 11, there was this brutal uh, block headwind, but two guys got in the front and pulled the entire way back to Chef. So, hey, I wasn't complaining. But I was, like, doing tempo threshold trying to stay out of their wheel really? at second wheel. So it was... I got home with a pretty high TSS score. So Yeah, so we talked that afternoon. You messaged me just to check on Rusty because I had stopped and pulled the plug on my ride to ride home with Rusty. He was fine. He didn't really need anyone to keep an eye on him, but you know how it is when you crash or have a mechanical and have to bail on a ride. It's nice to have somebody to ride home with just to kind of debrief about the ride. And I knew Rusty kind of wanted to chat and, you know, talk things through about the crash and also just kind of catch up. I hadn't seen him in a while. So it was fun for me to split off with him and, and head home. Still got about 40 miles in, uh, but uh, didn't didn't make the rest of that ride. And uh, like I say, you had messaged me after just to check on things and see how Rusty was doing. Uh, he's fine, by the way. And um, you mentioned to me that you were pretty, uh, pretty dog tired. We were trying to come up with ride plans for Sunday and we'd had a big I'd had a big North Shore gravel exploration ride set up for Sunday but Rusty was going to be my main riding companion on that ride and when he hurt himself uh, we uh, decided to just bail on that ride and I was going to hook up with you to do some gravel riding in town but 
guess sounds like you were maybe a little too dead to do that. And uh, so I went and did the Giro on Sunday instead, which was a fantastic ride. T-Bone Giro Hero Myers. Yeah, I was. I did show myself a bit at the front of that uh, at the front of that ride. Um, so I was uh, I was happy to do that. And I have to say, I don't do that ride a lot, but I really enjoyed it. That's a fantastic training race ride and there is uh, a good reason that that is new orleans longest standing weekend club training ride oh i agree i mean anytime that i've uh, been racing or you know just even last year whenever i'm sort of getting to sort of the peak of my my race prep and uh really wanted to get those like race pace efforts i i definitely go for the giro because you're just gonna you're you don't stop uh it's super fast the entire time and uh it's, it's pretty close to a race although the races i've been in are usually a little bit faster um because the giro will have some sprint points and then i'll kind of ease off for a bit um whenever i'm in a road race i just it's really hard and then i just get dropped so <laughs> <laughs> um but glad you went out and did that and uh maybe uh maybe next sunday i'll come and join you i was yeah i was exhausted from saturday and i worked after the ride for about four or five hours so I uh, decided to uh, relax in bed and watch a little bit of the bent bubblegum race that was on that morning. So Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second because we're going to talk about uh, the races that have happened. We've had two pretty big uh, classics that happened uh, last Friday and then on Sunday, um, uh, last Thursday, starting with the uh, E3 Hallerbecca and uh, Sunday Gent Wevelgum. But before we leave uh, weekend rides, we had some uh, friends of ours that uh, that did a big 130-mile ride that you and I were kind of jealous of, Bodie, because it's been a while for both of us since we've done a long ride, and we were kind of checking out uh, some of the boss women and Nigel, uh, who did a big ride this weekend, getting a little jealous of that and thinking it's time for us to get out and do some distance. So you were saying that maybe the Yeah You Ride podcast should do a tour de lock, which, for, if you don't know, is the local parlance for the ride where you go around uh, Lake Pontchartrain, which can be anywhere from 150 to 175 miles, depending on where you start, how you handle the North Shore. Um, but you suggested the three of us do it as maybe like a little podcast episode. Yeah, I thought it'd be great. Take a little portable recording device and stop. And We've got one of those. Yeah. Do a little recording uh, along the way and just make it a make it a whole episode. Well, I can tell you that there is a snowball stand, and maybe it's I don't know. It's, it's been four years since I've done this, but there was a snowball stand just east of Ponchatoula that had pickle shots along with the snowballs, pickle juice shots. Yeah, so those would be delicious, uh, depending on which way we went. For me, that was at mile hundred. So I'm looking forward to that. Would they make you a pickle juice snowball? Um, I don't see why not. That actually might be pretty disgusting, though. Honestly. No, that sounds delicious because I have at home the pickle ice freeze pops. Oh, yeah. Which are amazing. And whenever we go on a ride down here and, and we stop at a store, I always look for those because those are a great uh, mid-ride snack. Those good, source, good source of electrolytes, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, so we'll keep you guys posted on that one. What's what's the longest ride you've ever done, Bodie? So the longest ride I've ever done was uh, Tour de Lac, and it was 175 miles. Uh, I did that in 2014. I did it solo, 
I did it on a whim. Actually, I was going to ride with Nate Batts to uh, maybe Yellowstone or something on a Sunday afternoon. And you just and kept going. He didn't show up, and so I rode on my own, and I just got to Slidell, and I thought, that's only 45 miles. I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. And I got to Abita Springs, and I happened to go to the bodega and bought a, 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 a random assortment of snacks for my lunch. And I was sitting on the bench near the fountains, and I saw uh, Jonathan Newman, if you remember him, Yeah, uh, rode up and then kind of double-taked. He looked at me, and he was like, what, what are you doing here? Because actually, we were going to ride in the North Shore, and I didn't want to drive <laughs> over the lake. I was just didn't want to do any driving on Sunday. He's like, how are, how are you here? I'm like, oh, I rode here. He's like, you rode here? He's like, wait, are you getting a ride back with us? I'm like, no, no, I'm continuing along. He's like, wait, you're continuing on? He's like, I was like, yeah. He's like, wow, okay. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, that was, and I, uh, I got, like I said, I got to Ponchatoula, loaded up my water bottles, head down. Had some old, pickle juice. Yeah, did a snowball, um, was going down the old Highway 51 and into an extreme headwind, and I just bonked super hard. And the water I put in my water bottles was from a hose outside of a church, and I didn't let the water run, and so it was like old, hot hose water. Oh, man. It was the only thing that was in my bottles, and I had, I guess it was like 15, 20 miles to Laplace, to that gas station there. The pilot. That was like the hardest 20 miles I've ever done in my life. And I got to Laplace, and I bought a giant subway sandwich like a coke a gatorade and like cookies and uh made my way down the river and i remember being on the mississippi river and hoping to see somebody i knew who was heading up river who i could convince to just turn around with me and take me home um but i didn't see anybody i knew but yeah that was my longest ride and i gotta tell you when i got to 175 miles you know the idea of doing 200 seemed kind of cool like before but there was no way in hell that I was going to do 200 miles. Yeah, so so my longest ride uh, was also a ride around the lake, and it was 183 miles was my total. And I don't know about you, but it, it, it's funny. The first question that people ask you when they, you know, I mean, that ride bikes, when they see you did a 183-mile ride, is like, dude, why didn't you just ride 17 more miles and do 200? No way. And, and so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it seems sort of obvious at the time. Like, yeah, I should have just done 17 more miles and gotten a 200-mile ride. That would have been pretty cool. But uh, I don't know about you. I guess you just said it, said as much. You know, the last 25 miles of a ride like that, um, for me personally, I just hate everything about, I hate myself. I hate my bike. I hate bike riding. I hate pro cycling. I hate anything that has anything to do with bicycles and me sitting on a bicycle saddle. And and I, I really love I love everything that has to do with not being on a bike and being on my couch or in a shower. I really hate the chamois that I'm wearing. Yes, <laughs> I hate bib shorts. So I you know and that's 200 miles. Obviously, is the length of Dirty Kanza, and we have some friends who are doing that. And obviously, anything you can train yourself into, and you can you can. You can get accustomed to it, and it, I'm sure that the more you train and go on these crazy long rides, 200 miles is not as bad as it felt to us at the end of our 175 or 180-mile rides. But still, man, I don't want to ride 200 miles. Yeah, I think the only way that I could do it would be to ride out 100 miles and then be forced to ride the 100 miles back. Yeah, that's that's um, probably the only way I could do it, too. 
Otherwise, I think I'd, I'd quit. So anyway, well, let's, uh, let's talk about some bicycle racing since that's uh, also a big draw of this podcast and one of the reasons that our listeners tune in. In addition to hearing us talk shit about the rides that we've done, they want to hear us talk shit about the rides that people that are famous for racing bicycles have done. Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about too. I mean, uh, so on Friday, we had E3 Harle- Harlebecca. That's right. I believe you're, I believe you're pronouncing that right. I probably just murdered it. Um, I'm actually trying to open up Steep Hill um, and uh, pull up the stats, but uh, my computer's crashing on me. So that was won by one... Nikki Terpstra. Nikki Terpstra. Nikki Terpstra won that from a break of two that included another teammate of his, Eve Lampere. Uh, they went off the front with uh, quite a bit of distance left. Uh, I remember that now because we were chatting about that, and Quickstep was bossing a big group. That's right. Um, and they were Quickstep was at the front, like they were making things hard, and essentially they just, I think them and one other guy just rolled off the front. Yeah. And I was like, wait, are they? At, is that an attack? Like, are they doing that on purpose? And sure enough, you know, like seventy k to go, they rolled off the front, and that was that. Well, here's another interesting thing that happened in that race, tactically speaking, because normally you would think if you're quick step and you've got two guys that are out in a break, you have two teammate, two teammates, literally, the, and those are the only two people in the break. I mean, there is no one else in that break other than two quick step guys. The last thing in the world you'd expect is quick step hotten up the chase behind but that's exactly what happened not because quick step was trying to chase down terpstra and lampere but because there had been a crash and several of the big contenders had gotten caught up behind the crash and quick step was driving what became a uh, the front peloton essentially the peloton got split into two and a good bit of the quick step uh, team was in the the front peloton and they were driving the front peloton hard again not chasing the break, but trying to gap the second peloton who'd gotten caught up behind the crash. And they were successful in doing that. I think they drove it up to about a minute and a half, maybe even close to two minutes that they had on that uh, chase group that had a lot of the big contenders in it. Um, But from there, the race really got interesting uh, because those two big pelotons ultimately got sort of shattered into about four smaller chase groups and uh, and things really got interesting from there as guys were making jumps from one chase group up to another and and guys were getting dropped from one chase group back in back into the chase group behind Um, ultimately it sort of sorted itself out with uh, one big chase group a lot of the big contenders had managed to get themselves back up to the front Um, a second chase went off the front, uh, Greg Van Avermaet went off and was quickly uh, followed by Tige Panut and Philippe Gilbert, who figured he could get a free ride, uh, did no work at all because he had two guys that were in the break, and Van Avermaet, Panut, and uh, Gilbert uh, sort of motored on toward the front. Eve Lampere ended up getting dropped by uh, his teammate, Nicky Terpstra, who decided he was going to set off on his own for the finish line and ultimately made it. Uh, the uh, Philippe Gilbert sat on wheels 
up until a few K to go and then made a move of his own. He hadn't had to put any work in at all and ultimately sort of soloed in for second ahead of uh, Van Avermaet and Benut, who finished 3-4. Wasn't a real sprint finish there. I mean, Gilbert basically made the move on him and they didn't have anything to, to go with it. So that was your top four, and then there was sort of a bunch sprint for fifth through 15th from about the selection of 10 that had, had been behind. And I, I don't know, it, it, it was, it, it's, it's hard to describe, especially from the perspective of, you know, sort of an amateur racing fan. But my impression of that race was that it was very fun to watch, uh, tactically very interesting, a lot of stuff going on, lots happening between all of those various breaks and chase groups, and just really defined for me what's super exciting about those big one-day races. Oh, you're throwing it to me. Um, yeah. No, I thought I... Well, I wasn't throwing it to you so much as I was just shutting up because I've been talking <laughs> for about five minutes. I, I was just pulling up the can, calendar because I was, as I was thinking about uh, spring classics and um, the essential classic season, which is kind of, I've heard riders compare almost to like a grand tour in terms of the amount of races you do. I mean, there was Friday, it was Sunday, there's a race on Wednesday, there's a race, and then there's a race on Sunday. So you do a lot of races. Obviously, it's not back to back, but it is kind of its own like section of the season and and you know you've seen guys who you know you know Steve Barr was top 10 on you know both days right so like yeah. you know they're all up in the mix uh days in a row and then it made me realize that today is March 26th uh 2018 and I guess in this episode or maybe next episode is gonna be our year anniversary of doing the Yay Red podcast how about that how about that, right? That, Is that right? Because we were when we started, we had uh, Tour of Flanders that was uh, was coming up, right? That was yeah, one of the first March thirty first, uh, we did a live podcast uh, in my uh, living room. Um, so, yeah, the the FCC has not shut us down. Um, we're here a year later. Um, we have so, not been sued by any of the. Uh, <laughs> Any of the uh, musical groups that we take great we liberties to snatch the music from all those guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, maybe we'll have to celebrate next uh, week when and Matt's here. But maybe you won't be. So anyway, let's move on to Bent Bubblegum. So that was on Sunday. Again, another uh, another Belgian. And do you, do you want to actually pronu- pronounce the name of that race? Because I don't. I can't say it. Gent Wevelgum. Gent Wevelgem. Okay. All right. That's not bad. Um, that's this is Ghent Wevelgem. I mean, would you is it less hillier than E3? Is it is it a more of a sprinter's classic? Although it's not, there are some some climbs in it, so it's not. Yeah, flat. I mean, you're you're foreshadowing you're foreshadowing our discussion of uh, fantasy uh, spring classic cycling. I certainly was not expecting it to be a uh, a sprint, uh, but the fact of the matter is. If you look at former winners, I mean, Peter Sagan, for instance, is, this is the third year. He he won the race this year, won it from a bunch sprint, and this was the third year in a row that he, and excuse me, this is the third year that he has won it, not the third year in a row, but the, the third year. Yeah, he he's uh, with a few other people who have also won it three times. 
but so no, it's 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 hilly. Um, you know, like like all of these Belgian classics, definitely has some hills. Uh, it has the kind of hills though that I mean, it's certainly hillier than sort of a Milan San Remo that has, uh, you know, a a big climb in the middle, and and then a bunch of little sort of lumpy stuff until the very end where you've got the the, the sort of two climbs at, at the end, but. Um, but it is it is a race that well I mean if you look at the past winners it's a race that Tom Boonin's won uh, John John Degenkolb's won it recently Luca Paulini uh, Sagan Greg Van Avermaet oh, so sort of a you know punchier sort of strongman's type race but uh, it's a race that if a sprinter can hang on and uh, we're uh, foreshadowing to the crying Elian Viviani this year, who in fact did that as a sprinter, you know, hung on over a couple of tough climbs. You can, if you can hang on as a sprinter, you've got a good shot at winning the race from a, from a bunch sprint. And that is indeed what happened this year. Um, came down, we had a couple big sprinters, Arno Damar, uh, Elia Viviani, uh, Peter Sagan was in the mix. And ultimately and you had Sasha Modolo with uh EF that's right I mean you had some yeah there were some some guys who can go fast um fairly quickly so yeah this year it certainly boiled down to more of a uh a, a sprint than in some years past uh Sagan sort of Saganned his way to the win this year just freelanced a a, a beautiful patient sprint didn't really have any sort of a lead out. No one really had a lead out. Not not many of those sprinters had teammates with them, so it was kind of a free for all. Um, but you know, Viviani, as we alluded to, was uh, camera caught him sobbing almost at the end of that race, yeah. just really upset with himself. Uh, and Bodie, you and I sort of talked a bit about why that may be, or why that may have been. I should well, say. Well, I mean, I, I think that this is a this this is. A, obviously a prestigious race um it's a race that viviani can win and, and almost did and he, like you said he did a lot of good work he had a teammate with him so when that when that front group got separated from the chasing group you know he could sit on and he could shelter himself and people like our friend wout van art you know had to pull through um to make that gap work viviani was able to save his legs and so he had good legs but he just as you said was in a bad position and uh, didn't didn't quite make it, and um, you know, as a I'm gonna paraphrase Brad Soner on Twitter, but he he said something about along the lines that every every racer should have something there that's worth crying for, you know. I guess that you know that you feel passionate about, and that is that means that much to you, and uh, so that was kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, you also had to feel kind of bad for him, you know, in a way, because obviously it meant a lot to him. Um, you probably had to like his chances, and he probably liked his chances amongst the group that he was with. And it was really just the last 250 meters of the race that uh, found himself just for you know less than a second. Found himself on a bad wheel, kind of boxed in. Yep. Yeah, just slides. You missed a few, two or three uh, pedal, pedal pedal turns, and uh, you know because you see him, he's coming fast. He's moving faster than Sagan is you know, that last 50 meters. And he has to check himself. Um, he's got nowhere to go. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I did see once Sagan won that right away one of his handlers was ripping open a bag 
of Haribo or Haribo yeah. gummy, gummy bears. bears. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't, I was trying to take a photo of the live stream to get a shot of him eating the gummy bears, but we missed it. The guy was like wrestling with the bag with his teeth. Yeah. Um, but I also eat bags of gummy bears, but I don't do it at the end of the race, just like during the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, you're right. So the, and I'm this was, like this was literally moments literally. after he crossed the line. You know, the, his handler comes immediately up to him, congratulates him on the win, and then is trying to put gummy bears in his mouth, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, we've seen this before. I like, need to catch like, my breath for a half a second no, before no, I start no, like gotta... eating some stuff. Or I'm going to, you know, that's not going to be good PR for the gummy bear maker because I'm going to be choking on this guy that's going to kill me. Oh, man. I kind of want some gummy bears now. They are good. Yeah. I agree, Sagan. Um, so, yeah, good race. It was a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, I chose to uh, lay in bed and watch the last 100K of that race. Yep. Um, and it was a, it was very enjoyable to watch. Um, also, some other fun stuff coming out of that race was, and I think you probably saw this, was the guy, speaking of these two guys from the team Roompot. Yeah. Belgian team, maybe Dutch team. I, 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 I think it's a Dutch team. They're they're all orange, but they were like in the original break, and they made it to the end with that front group. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys, and I'm pulling up a photo. I can't. I don't know if you can see. One of those guys with his little rando bars, his wavy bars. Yeah. <laughs> those are a hit on the internet, um, and I assume. Yeah. What's up with that? I assume it's to get arrow, um, but God, it's got to like not be comfortable because you know usually bars are as wide as your shoulders because that's the most comfortable spot to hold it, and these are super narrow, so your arms are in, and then your shifters are all like cocked sideways, and yeah. So describe them for people that are that aren't looking at the photo right now. <clears throat> I don't I don't even know how you just they're like very narrow uh, flat part of the bar, and then and then where, where your you know shifters go, they they're they're cocked in, and, and they're kind of the drops angled. sort of flare the, out. Yeah, the drops flare out, so you have a very small profile in the front, which, like I said, I guess it's for aerodynamic reasons, but uh, yeah, I don't know. All he was missing was like a freaking handlebar bag and you know a third bottle cage, and he would have been ready to fucking rando on. So, all right, room pot. You know, kudos to those guys who were in the original break and made it to the end of the front group. Too. Yeah, and they were in that break. To, they were in that break together, right? Yeah, yeah. So they got a lot of got a lot of airtime for their for their sponsor, especially in that uh, in those so, those bright orange jerseys. So that was that was fun. So kudos kudos to you, Roompot and dude with the fucking weird bars. Um, well, Bodie, how's your fantasy team doing? As we as we conclude race number three in our Yeah You Ride Spring well, Classics Fantasy know, League, looks like in the overall. Uh, Patrice Lacroix's Bodie Bodie Boudin Ballers in third place. Not bad, kind of kind of where I like to hang out. Um, our uh, good friend Tom Futrell <clears throat> is in first place overall. Big 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 shakeup actually uh, over these two races. It was a tale of definitely a tale of two races for me. Yeah, you actually well you so you won. I I won E three E three yeah big time by by several hundred points. And then and Tom won. That's right, Tom Kent. won again. But I vaulted myself from the cellar uh, up, up, you know, toward the, you know, front mid pack by the end of uh, by the end of E three with my performance, and I settled myself down uh, right close to the right close to mid pack after a 
decent but relatively lackluster performance in, in Gent-Webblegum. I was expecting another sort of, you know, Van Avermaet type classics finish, uh, not so much a, a bunch sprint with uh, sprinters. I don't really have a sprinter on my uh, classic squad right now. I may want to think about doing something about that because, you know, some of the, sometimes those guys can can sneak up there into the uh, into the front in these classics races. I have a no Sagan rule, so I don't have uh, Peter Sagan on my team. So, it's, it, you know, I can't... Well, that's your mistake. I can't tick that box. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how things go as we get set now for the uh, Dwarves Door Flandering, uh, which is, gosh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Got to get uh, got to get their team set. And then, of course, the uh, the Big Daddy is this weekend. Tour of Flanders, yeah. Uh, I uh, would love to watch this with you guys, but I am going to be in Austin, Texas for the Easter weekend, so I will be chatting with you all via Facebook Messenger as we watch a live feed of that. Are you taking your bike? I'm not taking my bike. Oh, that's too bad. You're going to Austin with no bike. I know. All right. Well, um, in other uh, pro news, uh, I guess you always want to be Valverdine. He won some stage race in Spain. I mean, it's not much of a surprise. Or was it Portugal? But uh, he's he's on form to win the rest of the the Ardennes. I'm sure. Well, we've got uh, we've got a few weeks until we all need to put uh, Valverde on our team. I guess uh, I guess you sub him in between uh, Brabantst Pige and uh, Amstel Gold. So you want to have him on your squad for those last three races. Yep, as you said, the, uh, the Ardennes Classics. Um, and before we leave our fantasy squad, I don't think you guys talked about this fun team name. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to go back to that. I think this is a new addition to our. It's it's someone obviously that 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 had a team in time for uh, uh, the classics uh, to start up because they they they've got a team. But I don't. I think they've are, are a recent addition to our league. But go ahead, Bodie. And I'm talking about wow. The hell am I Dumoulin? I love that. It's good stuff. <laughs> I think that's our friend Jeremy. Uh, the 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 uh, team director has uh, got a little Canadian uh, jersey, so that's uh, our friend Jeremy who who leads the Froomey Friday ride. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. He's got Nibbly and Duan. Yeah, <laughs> Yates. I'm... Come, Jeremy. Come on. Are you even playing? Yeah. Well, he's he Kawasaki. Is, it, he's begging the question. What the <laughs> hell is he doing? Very true. Wow. Okay. You've got to change your team, dude. You've got the wrong Nason, too. So we've got... It, it's it's interesting. We have the the bottom three in our league uh, is the aforementioned, Wow, the hell am I Dumoulin? Then we have classically last. Incidentally, not classically last, but they're second, second from last. last yeah. And then the final team um, it, it, and the cellar dweller, Wood Rims. <laughs> presumably wood rims would slow you down a good bit it wouldn't be a strong move to have wood rims on your bicycle how do so those survive the cobbles are these three guys are they are they trying to finish last it kind of looks like they are by the way they've named their teams yeah yeah and the and the people they've selected yeah 
I mean, Bo Bo Dennis is clearly not trying to lose. His team is called Crushing the Classics. Like, that's the name of a winning team, right? So, okay, Wood Rims has Pierre Roland on his team. (laughs) That might even be a mistake in a grand tour. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Mr. Nate. I know, it's got to be Nate. Ugh, what are you doing, buddy? Like, uh, okay, all right. All right, Pierre Roland. All right, and Londa. He's got Londa too. He's got Garrett Thomas. I don't think Garrett Thomas has raced any of the races yet, has he? I don't think he's been in any of the races. No, I mean he did win. I think E three a few years ago. So, yeah, but he didn't. He didn't race it this year. So no. he's not going to win a race that he doesn't start. <laughs> he does have Philippe Gilbert, so you got to give him that. But there's a one one guy. He's got Thomas Dehant. You know, again, who won a race at a stage race somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, well. We're glad you guys joined our league so we can make fun of your team choices. Um, that provided me with some uh, some good chuckles there. So yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up this uh, fantasy uh, segment here and uh, move on out. Yeah, where are we moving to? Well, I guess we're just gonna kind of run down a little list of hodgepodge of uh, of cycling things happening. I saw on Facebook that USA Crits, um, which is like a I don't know eight to nine crit series yeah. uh, in the states. They are launching a website, uh, usacrits.tv. So uh, all their races in their series will be live streamed. Um, I looked, and it looks like it's like $55 for like the seven races. I don't, you can also pay per race. Um, but that's pretty cool. That's, I, that's not too bad. It's a, it feels a little steep, but actually if you're getting seven races and it's 50 bucks, I mean, it's, and it's a good live stream. Yeah. So is it, is this, uh, who's going to be doing, is it Brad Soner and, or who, who's going to be doing the, who's going to be doing the coverage? I don't know who announces it. Um, but could be him. Um, yeah. So that, you know, that includes races like Aston twilight. Um, I believe Boise twilight. Um, the uh what Winston about the... Salem is uh yeah Winston Salem yeah that's Athens. a great that's the figure eight race right Winston Salem yeah the race um, that, that that goes has the underpass and there's the a race eights. in St Louis yeah so it, it's from July to oh this is not in order but anyway yeah so that's let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven races um so it's cool I mean I one of my favorite parts of summer is laying around on a Saturday evening watching crit racing on tv yeah so i think that we should commit right now Bodie, you and me here okay even if it's just me and you that 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 pull it and and buy this um i think we need to support these guys yeah and i think we need to do this um i know that that you and i watched a lot of these last year we did on a sort of catch as catch can kind of basis i mean a lot of these races had their own uh live streams that the that the race promoters themselves put up uh, but I have a feeling that if this is something that's they're going to charge for it, and it's going to be a, a sort of a pay-per-view model, that the coverage is probably going to be, hopefully, maybe a little more consistent. And um, and also, we'll obviously be able to, to, to find the races a bit more easily. Yeah, so it looks like it's, uh, it says watch 20 plus days plus live events. Also, uh, video, and you can access past events. So if you miss the race, uh, you can go back and watch it. Um, and let me ask you this Do we know if this is just going to be showing the featured races, going to be showing the women's races, going to be showing the supporting races? I mean, we're going to get to watch our, 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 
friends? That's right. Uh, that's a good question. I don't actually know, and I'm trying to figure out. Uh, we'll have to do some more research on this and uh, get back to y'all. Because last last year we had a couple of teammates who raced Athens, so it would be cool to be able to watch them, uh, them watch them race, like like upcoming in our area, Sunny King. Yeah, Which but has, now Sunny King is not part of this package. Not though. part of you. Not part of USA Crits. Right. That's um, Sunny King's good bit earlier. Right. That's in April. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. So check that out. USA Crits.tv. Um, I know Crit Monsters love Crit Racing. Um, yeah. And speaking of watching races on on TV or and I say TV, I should say the internet, um, which I plug into my TV. I stumbled upon this is a few weeks ago. This very niche. Um, cycling genre and luckily for me though uh, there's this uh, soda manufacturer who has been sponsoring the live streams of this event and it's it's like cyclocross but they use bigger tires and flat bars Mm -hmm. and so it's like you know you see those like single speed cyclocross guys you know like they usually have like a hip pouch on and like a handlebar bag so it's kind of like this but i think these bikes have suspension and it's they kind of go over some more gnarly stuff. I think they call this Montagna biking. Non, maybe, yeah. Anyway, like so that. very, very niche sport that I think I'm probably like the first one to actually really discover besides the people who have been watching it. Yeah. So you heard it here first. And I turned it on, and guess who was racing? None other than one-time world champion uh, of cyclocross, Matthew Vanderpool. Is that right? Yeah, he's racing this uh, this mountain bike race um, that I watched on Red Bull T- TV, and it's pretty cool. I gotta say, it's kind of like cross racing. It was free to watch, and there are cyclocross stars that we are fans of who are racing in these events. Uh, yeah. So anyway, all kidding aside, though, Bodie. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm kidding. For you mountain bike purists, get real mad. I'm joking. Um, I actually caught a bit of this as well, and uh, and I have to say uh, that obviously I'm a big fan of cyclocross. I love the discipline. I love the racing action, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mountain biking certainly does bring a slightly more extreme and sort of trick element into things. Um, they ride over some pretty pretty aggressive looking terrain that you probably wouldn't want to be riding on a cyclocross bike. Oh, no, not at all. No. This is uh this was definitely I mean I think one section was called pickup sticks and it was like a bunch of logs, um but what this is what I'm getting from the twitters and and the other podcasts I listen to that this this style of racing this is the World Cup actually so like we had the World Cup of cyclocross there's a World Cup of mountain bike yeah um that's spread over you know I guess spring summer that this this uh, style of racing is becoming shorter and more TV friendly. And it's not the traditional style, which I guess now you call marathon. Um, this is, I guess, XC. Um, and is it a timed race sort of more similar to cyclocross? Yeah. So they, I think they did like seven laps and laps are a little bit longer, but it's, it's beyond that. Like it's, it's like cyclocross where you get to see the racers do these, you know, these laps multiple times and you see them do the go of the obstacles multiple times. And, and, you know, there are pack, there's pack racing for a bit, and then it breaks up, and it's, it was so just it really, kind of plays out similar to a it does cross play race. Out, yeah, pretty much similar. You know, you add in some of the technical elements that change things a bit, um, but 
that was cool. And, you know, I tuned in because of Matthew Vanderpoel and watching him in cyclocross. And I wanted to see how he, he could do because I knew that he did pretty well last year. No one knew who he was. Um, he ended up getting, uh, he got fourth in in the World Cup. Um, but he started, I think, in the middle of the pack of like 80 people. So he should, you know, these next World Cups that come up, he should. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do against the 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 guys who are the Wouts and Vanderpoles of mountain biking. One of well, them. that would be one Nino Schurter. Yeah, who actually who like won all last year um, in the World Cups and was beat by uh, Sam Gaze. I uh, don't know anything about mountain biking, but I do know that name. Yeah, uh, and I that's, have seen yeah, me too. Yeah, like, I have seen this guy ride bicycles, and I have to say, I am I am in awe of his ability to ride bikes. Uh, I don't care if you're a fan of cyclocross, road cycling, track cycling, you know, gymnastic cycling, whatever kind of cycling you're a fan of. You see this dude on a bicycle, and you can't help but be in awe of his skills as a as a bicycle rider. It's pretty amazing. I've also seen some. YouTube footage of uh, some of his training, his yeah. off the bike training, Those which have made is their also own. pretty All epic. kinds of yeah, core stuff that I think a lot of uh, cyclists are uh, taking up. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was cool. And mountain biking, not bad. I, I, you know, they've do they're doing the uh, GCN now to has their mountain biking channel. Matt was telling us about this on an early episode of the podcast, and I've actually seen some of their stuff, and it's not bad. So we might be talking about mountain biking on this podcast. Um, like I said. The cyclocross fans and you know, the the riders that we follow, like Ellen Noble, uh, you know, and Vanderpool, and you know, we know Yolanda Neff as a cross racer, but obviously she's been quite the mountain biker, you know. So really, like that's her sport, and she's you know, and then also um, PFP, you know, all these people are racing mountain bikes. So yeah, it's cool when when riders kind of cross over because it draws in more fans, and and I'm a perfect example of that. So yeah, I will say this. I mean, if we're actually going to try to talk seriously about anything about mountain biking on this podcast, we're probably going to have to bring in a fourth member to legitimize it because yeah, that's true. You know, I don't I don't think any of the three of them, Matt actually may be able to speak with that's some true. authority about mountain biking. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm not, I've actually been legit mountain biking three times, which is makes it sort of unusual that it would be the episode that Matt wasn't here that we actually talked about mountain biking for like seven minutes yeah so well, we should definitely we should move, move on. on okay um so yeah well uh let's uh, move on to some local time to get local you got that lambert theme song queued up here you go Maybe the biggest news in Lambro world this week, uh, or in this past week and a half or so, uh, is former Lambra racer Jacob Waters uh, winning, uh, or excuse me, uh, win- getting third place uh, in the Paracycling Track World Championship 1K time trial. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, congrats. Cody, you've raced against Jacob. Yeah, yeah, no, I have. Uh, Jacob, I, I think, I actually don't know how old he is, but I think you said he's 18 right now. 18 or 19. I guess his, I think his racing age is 19, which means so, he's probably 18. Yes, yeah, so then I started racing with him when he was 14. Um, kind of right when I started out, he was around, and uh, 
He's a gentleman who's missing, I believe, his right or maybe left leg. Uh, it's probably maybe above the knee or below the knee. Um, so he has like a sweet carbon fiber prosthetic. And I think I think he's got some pretty awesome like shoes, like stuff that's been made specifically for bikes. But he's always been a little bit of a ripper. Um, just always up in the, like I said, when I was, we were Cat 4 together, we raced a bunch uh, one season all year long. Uh, his mom is great and takes him to races. And I think that he's really pursued this paracycling uh track and i mean i think it also does other elite and junior racing too i guess he's no longer a junior but this is pretty amazing and huge kudos goes out to jacob waters just that's awesome congratulations man and just to to reiterate these are the world championships yeah so uh he is in third in the world third in the world in the uh 1k time trial on the track and i think he's still racing currently like this it's still happening as we're, you know, like it's going on this event, the world championships. So keep it up, Jacob. Uh, great to see. And, uh, thanks for sharing your story with us, uh, online. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, in other sort of logistical Lambra news, uh, there are still a lot of people in the Lambra district who have not signed their waiver for their USAC racing license this year. Yeah, which, whole it, mess of a you. Yeah, which is and and it's understandable actually because everybody that auto renewed for 2018 uh, received an email saying you still got to sign this waiver and uh, unlike when you buy your license, uh, you actually sign the waiver at the time you buy your license. This is an extra little step that you have to take, uh, or it actually turns out to be less work that you have to do because when you auto renew, they do all that for you and all you've got to do is click a click a link in an email they send you to do your waiver but a lot of people haven't done that and uh and it's becoming increasingly difficult the later into the year that it goes to do that uh, so you guys should uh check the lambra facebook page anybody who's a lambra racer if your name is on the list you need to go back through search through your old emails find the email that you got from usac cycling usa cycling and uh, click the link and sign your waiver because otherwise you will not be able to um, have your results posted or and be okay to race at usac events is that right i mean this yeah yeah i mean i just it's a whole mess so just get it straight i mean you know we're all i'm also we're also saying this not only that we're associated with lambert but like we are putting in a race coming up in april and it saves everybody time if you get your license straight beforehand get it all tight and figured out so you don't you're not there on race day at at 6 15 in the morning trying to get someone who has no idea how the lambro workings go or usc and you're like trying to you know trying to get into the race last minute so just so just check your license a big old line to pile yeah. up behind just you at get the it, red get table. it straight you know people have been racing uh, all over the country but here and here in our district we're really starting to Finally, get into road season. So, yeah, well, I mean, Rouge Roubaix is typically the the big start of the of the race season. That race got canceled this year because of weather. So, you know, this is where the season is really kind of kicking off. We've got you know next, not this weekend, but next weekend, Rocky Mount Road Race in Shreveport. Um, a lot of people are going to be going up there. I encourage people to go up there to do that race, and 
you need to get your license straight before you head up there. Yeah, and speaking of that weekend, there's just a lot of cycling stuff going on. April 7th and 8th, like you said, the Rocky Mountain Road Race on Saturday. We talked about Sonny King already. That's Sunny, happening in Addiston on King, uh, Saturday. I th- yeah, I think some of our teammates will be going to that. Um, we also have our uh, the Boss Ladies put on the Boss Gravel Race on Sunday. Pretty excited about that. I just registered for that today. So did I, pre-regged. Um, also in... Lafayette is the cycle Zydeco with Bernard Bernardino. <laughs> Bernardino. Special guest, the Badger himself. So I don't know. I mean, wow, if you're a bike racer, what do you do that weekend? There's a lot of choices. We gotta figure out how we're gonna get Matt over to Lafayette to get to get an interview with Bernard Eno. I mean I think uh, I think he needs to show up. Uh I think he needs to full on Yeah, I think he needs to show up wearing his uh Renault clear. uh either that or his uh Renault uh uh throwback jersey. Uh either one. Either one would work. And uh just uh just walk right up to him. Say something clever in French. I think Matt speaks enough French that he could do that. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting event. Uh, we hadn't talked about it much, but it's a it's it's not a race event. It's a tour, bike tour. Uh, I think it's a four day event that that uh, goes out and around the Lafayette area, and uh, is kind of a tour of the of the swamp, and um, with several overnights, and uh, they have big zydeco parties every night where there's lots of drinking and boudin eating and stuff like that so it seems like a lot of fun i'm really surprised that in our years of riding we've never been over there or done this um yeah it says that the number one priority of cycle zydeco is to eat dance drink and ride a bicycle to next festive location so not quite a race not going to be any large grand fondos or 200 mile gravel rides but it, it i mean it sounds like a good time it sure does um, so yeah, that's, that's a busy weekend, uh, that kicks everything off. And like I said, Harbor Master is coming up. Um, yeah, I actually just got some good news today, Bodie. Oh, I yeah? haven't shared it even with you yet. Uh, but Peloton magazine will be back on as a Ooh. sponsor of the women's race this year. Uh, generously donating, <coughs> excuse me, generously donating $250 in preems for the women's open race. Wow. So ladies, I think you should gotta sign up to the women's open race. Um, yeah, that's coming up fairly soon. Uh, we're most of our ducks are in a row. I think we're uh, we're right on schedule to make things happen. Excited to bring Harbormaster back for the fifth year. Uh, we made a we made a little bit of a change this year, and we uh, put the cat four or fives at an earlier time. And I've seen that three people have already signed up. So thank you for signing up. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, we yeah. did not do that because yeah, we wanted to make you wake up earlier. Yeah. We did that because we wanted to give you the opportunity to race the full course this year. Because as you guys know from years past, we have to shorten the course at noon to accommodate the mall schedule. And uh, and so the uh, the later races, which have historically included the 4-5 race, uh, have not been able to use the full course. So we're doing that one first thing so that you guys can race the full course. But you do have to get up a little bit earlier. Yeah, but you're going to get up that early anyway to go on the Giro or um, some Sunday gravel ride. So it's all going to work out. Um, yeah, and we're excited to bring back the Unknown Distance once again. And we're bringing back the Fixed Gear Race. I don't think I'm going to do that this year. I think I've learned that riding a track bike 
when you are not in crit shape is a very painful experience. I hope with Bodhi, promoter that, legs. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I hope that uh, to the extent that you're able to do something other than be a race promoter that day, I hope that you will take photos and videos. That's my plan, and not yeah. worry about racing. I tell you, someone I was uh, I did I told you I did the Sunday Giro this this Sunday, and uh, our buddy Rob Conrad, who has won the Masters race at least twice, I think. He's 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 taking a lot of our money out there at the at the Harbor. He's Master. definitely taking a lot of money from us. Comes out every year. Comes out every year to do one. No, I think he he won one of the races that we did out at uh, uh, at the uh, Harbor. I think could be wrong, but in any okay. event, I was talking to Rob. Um, he also has a lot of track bike experience. Done a lot of done a lot of track bike racing, and uh, he was telling me that he's thinking that he may uh, do the uh, fixed gear crit this year. Awesome. All right. Well, that's good. We yeah. want to get uh, more people on that race. Um, maybe next year, if we get enough, we could even do like an A and B. I mean, we could be there all day, actually. Um, just a shorter course. Um, all right. Well. All right. Well, we are to the bottom of our agenda, are we not? Except for the part here that says outro. <laughs> yeah, I think we, uh, we've covered it all. Uh, we're under an hour. Um, we only had to do this twice because we kind of forgot to re- start, hit the record button the first time so you're listening to the second version of this podcast uh, maybe it's a little more fine-tuned but less spontaneous i think the first one was better actually well you'll never know um anyway well bodie i mean bodie that's me townsend you want to you want to kick off the sign-offs uh boy i don't really actually haven't really thought much about a uh, a sign-off this <laughs> week uh, i usually have something that sort of pops into my mind, uh, but I'm going to say uh, that I will see you all or you will hear from me more than likely the week after Easter. I think I'm going to throw this thing to Matt and Bodie uh, for a special Easter weekend edition of the Yeah You Ride podcast and enjoy some festivities with my family in Austin this weekend. So I will chat at you guys in a couple weeks. Bodie? And this is a Bodie Bodie with a short PSA to remind you that Y-E-A-H is yeah, and Y-E-A is yay. And this is the Yeah You Ride podcast. Good night. Yeah, you ride.
Bien rica, bien chévere.